0: Well, praise the Lord. Are you blessed this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, we are blessed this morning because we get to have the Gideons with us this morning. And they're going to come up and give a report of what's going on and what the Word of God's doing in our area. So, uh, y'all welcome uh, Brother Kelly Longbotham here this morning to give the Word.
1: Good morning. Y'all have a wonderful band here. <laughs> I have a testimony here that a lady turned into us, and I just wanted to share it with you. And this is her testimony. She says, I become a mother at the age of 16. When I learned of my pregnancy, I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But looking back, I now realize my son is the greatest thing that God ever has given me. After two failed marriages, it is my son who continues to show me unconditional love. During my last, my faith journey has been long and difficult at times. Being brought up in a house full of fear and intimidation, I did not know how to trust others, let alone myself. I've been haunted with suicidal thoughts for years. During my last hospitalization, I was not only suffering from suicidal thoughts but had become very paranoid. Because I hadn't slept for days, I was locked in a room and was given a shot to make me sleep. But before the needle pierced my skin, I began to pray from my heart, asking God to give me answers that I needed to continue to live. My hope was that if I woke up, things would be different. I awoke in a hospital room, and beside me on the nightstand was a Gideon Place Bible. I picked it up and began to read. I did not fully understand what I was reading at the time, but I vowed to keep uh, seeking the answers I needed from God with His Word. To make a long story short, a friend invited me to attend a women's Bible fellowship, and I have been a member for three years now. The answers I have been seeking my whole life I found in the Holy Bible. I now know that God has been more concerned with my character than my comfort. And when he didn't change my while he didn't change my situation, he's going to he is changing my heart. And I'd like to praise God for that. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, my word will not return void. The Gideons International is an association of born-again Christian men and professional men, and we are recommended by their pastor. We are interdenominational. Our only purpose as an association is to win others to Jesus Christ, and we do this through personal witnessing and placing the Bible and New Testament in the hands of people that, that need this, uh, this, these things. The association was started in Nashville 100 years ago. We are international in uh, that we are in 200 countries and we are placing the Bible in over 97 languages. Gideons around the world are working as your missionaries when they witness and distribute God's word that you make available through the gifts of the Gideon ministry. Your support has made it possible for the Gideons to place over 84 million scriptures over the year, each year now. That's a lot of scriptures which y'all make possible. We Gideons, we pay our own expenses. None of the donations go at supporting our administration costs or our cost in visitations. We have Gideon camps all over the world. And when we go to, to these uh, other countries, The Gideons pay their own expense and the Gideons locally help us distribute God's word and testify about Jesus Christ. You know, there's billions of lost people in the world that don't know God's word and there's a lot of millions here in the United States. Well, how can you help us? Uh, First, you can help us with prayers. We need prayers for a steady flow of funds to purchase Bibles and New Testaments. And as I said, all the donations go to getting them to their and, their, and to their distant destination. And the, we get in to pay our own way and our own administrative cost. For an investment of a dollar and a quarter, it will purchase this little New Testament here that we pass out all the time. And it also has the, all the Bibles of the New Testament and it has Psalms and Proverbs in it for our, gift of $100, that gives us $125, that gives us a case of them, which is 100 Also, in the areas that we go to, like the hotels and motels and things of this nature, we use this Bible here. It's a complete Bible with the Old and New Testaments in it. They cost us $5 a piece, and uh, that's delivered to the destination. The uh, We also have in the back here Gideon cards. These are cards for just about anything you might want, and uh, those cards are free. Feel free to take them. If you want to make a donation to the Gideons, there's instructions in there that tells you how to do it. You can do it with check or even credit cards. But those are in the back of your church there that we keep there, and we also have a life book, and I know that y'all's church has used this for the youth quite a bit, but uh, this life book is for teenagers to take to school and pass them out or to kids their own age. And it uh, tells things of the Bible in in uh, words that they can might want to discuss. The uh this book here uh is is something free. Uh you're Youth director or pastor can order them, and they will be sent to you from Gideon's International. And I know that y'all have used them because we've barred a few. So, but we have ordered some too. But uh, I just wanted to come in and talk to you about the Gideons. I think the Gideons do a wonderful service for Jesus Christ. And uh, we give him all the praises of the things that we do. So uh, I'd like to, in ending, I want to uh, thank uh, Pastor Roberts and all of you congregation here and your wonderful band for letting us come in and visit with you. At the end of the service, we will be standing at the back door. I think there's uh, Brother Kerry and another Gideon, uh, Dean, I believe. from Uvalde. We'll be standing there. We will have an open Bible. If you care to make a donation, we'll accept it, and it'll be put in that Bible. But anyway, thank you, and thank you for letting me come. Thank you, God bless you.
0: Yeah, make sure and meet these guys at the doors. It'll be at all three doors and uh, with an open Bible. And you can uh, give it, on. just think of that, a dollar and a quarter, you buy a Bible. Five dollars for other Bible. Uh, man, change lives, amen? We know the word works, right? So look at the person beside you and say, hey, buy a Bible. Okay, I got a message this morning I want to I preach. Uh, and you're going to say, didn't he just preach that? But, you know, you're just going to have to live with it. I just cannot get off this message that I've been preaching on grace and about standing in the grace of God and, and, and trying to get us to, to grab hold of this revelation because uh, I just know that if you grab hold of the revelation of grace and where you're standing and your position in Christ, then it, you're gonna, your, your world's going to change. Everything that you've ever been believing and looking for is going to be there. But I know that we've got to get the revelation. We've got to get it down in our heart. Just not have a thought. It's one thing to know about something. It's another thing that you really know it and believe it. Amen? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things in life that that we know a little about, right? And it probably got you in trouble before when you got into the middle of it. And we don't want to live like that. We want to live in the grace of God. We want to live in the power of God. And everything that Jesus paid for on the cross is ours. And we want to walk in it. Amen? Amen? And so anyway, I, I've, I've preached this message and for, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks now, but I've been talking the last few weeks about having a sin consciousness and that what's holding us back from walking truly in the grace of God is a sin consciousness. And I've been talking about how that the enemy, because the Bible says in Colossians 1.13, that you've been cha- you've been transferred with the day that you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior your life, the day that you know that you know that you know that you know you got saved. That day you were transferred translated or transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of his dear son, it says. This kingdom is the kingdom of grace. This is where you're standing in grace. But between these two, I'm looking at it like this. Between these two, there's a big chasm, big valley, a big chasm here. And what happens to us when we live in a sin consciousness, the devil is always yelling across the chasm to us and we're listening to him and we're stopping our progress with God and we're standing and listening back to the voice on the other side now I know you people you're good people you're amazing people some of the greatest people on the face of the earth and I know that you're not wanting to go back into the world of sin but what happens to us is that the enemy starts to throw stumbling blocks in front of us with his words he starts to tell us you're not good enough he starts to tell us you're never going to make it. He starts to tell us you're going to die early. He starts to tell us that, that, that sick, this sickness is never going to leave. He starts to tell you that all things about fear. He starts to say, to you know that they don't like you? He, he, you know, he's, he, he's got this. He, he's got your number. Hello? Y'all just all looking at me like I ain't got good sense. He's got your number. He knows what will set you off and what will not set you off. He knows exactly what to say so that you become upset when he could say the same thing to somebody else and wouldn't even, wouldn't even faze him because it's just, that's just who he's got your number. So he hollers across a chasm and he says something to you and it stops your forward progress with God. You're stopping, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what if that's true? Fear comes upon your heart, worry comes upon your heart, anxiety comes upon your heart. So what I want to deal with this morning is stopping that voice of the enemy, all right? Okay, so go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Let me lay down a little groundwork here, and I'm going to give you four things. I don't believe I can ever preach a message to you unless I give you a way to get out, right? I got to tell you what it is, and then I got to get to the end of it. I got to tell you, this is what you can do. Now, if you don't do it, shame on you. But if you do do it, I guarantee you victory, Amen. So it says, Proverbs 4.23 is a scripture you need to have memorized and down in your heart because it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs forth the issues of life. Your heart and what's going on in your heart is going to, all the issues of your life are coming forth through your heart. If your heart is wounded, if your heart is sick, if your heart has is, 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 is got uh, jealousy in it, it's got fear in it, it's got worry in it, if it's down in your heart, it's going to come out of your life, all of you, everywhere. Your heart's the main thing you got to deal with, amen? So now jump over to Ezekiel, Old Testament, Ezekiel 14. I found a scripture here the other day, and I was just kind of laughing at it, uh, the way way it's written here. Ezekiel 14.4. Ezekiel 14.4 says, Therefore speak to them and say to them. Now this is God speaking to Ezekiel, telling him what to prophesy to the children of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart, not sets up his idols in his house, but sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble. And so as I read that, it just hit me. In other words, God's saying they put idols up in their hearts, which is what caused them to stumble. So in other words, you did it to yourself. Look at the person beside you and say, "Uh uh-oh. In other words, something got in your heart. Now, listen to me, folks. Listen, the devil is defeated, amen, and God is on the throne. You should be excited about that. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, right? He's in charge. He went to death, hell, and the grave, defeated the devil, drug him out, triumphantly came over him. But that didn't shut him up. What happens all the time when you you read about elderly people who somebody comes to them and they start doing something and talking some talk or saying they've got a need or whatever, and they start taking their money and it's a scam, and then they take all of their money because they convince the elderly person to give them their money, right? The same way with the devil. He has no rights, no power, no privilege or authority over you, but if he can convince you to give it up, If he can come over there and keep working on you and convince you to give him all your money, then he'll take it. And he knows that if he can get an issue in your heart, that you will destroy yourself because you're setting up an idol in your heart that's causing you to stumble. So let me just say it like this. How many of you, good Christian people, you've ever just, I mean, you really had a good morning. I mean, you were just like, you were reading your Bible and, man, everything was good. You had the praise and worship music on, the birds were singing, the hallelujah songs outside. Everything was just looking good. Cats were all dancing in rhythm to the the worship of God. Everything's just looking good. And then you go to town. And then something happens. And immediately you're like, you know, like you're hit with a fiery dart, like you got... Something came up in your a and you're like, now you're over there. I can't believe he said that. You know why? And you, man, you're all stirred up. Hello? Has that ever happened to anybody? <laughs> Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you to let me know you're human, okay? All right. What that is is that is the enemy trying to get your goat. That is the enemy trying to get your, an issue within your heart to set for you, you to carry the idol and put it up on your heart you to get offended and carry it up, you to get in fear and carry the idol up and put it on there because in the, he knows that's going to cause you to stumble. And he did nothing. He walks away. Hello? And I want to tell you something. I, I, I'm there a lot of times. I'm there and I say, oh, so it's an attack of the enemy. <laughs> yeah, I must be threatening you because you're going to do that. And then all of a sudden, the old man on the inside of me that's inside the cage that I have locked with a double padlock, he starts shaking the cage, and I'm like. Burr. And then all of a sudden, I've got to watch this. Stop, 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 stop. Don't go there, Robert. Don't go there. And I walk away. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you want? And then I know I did wrong. I want to show you how you get out of that in just a minute. But listen, let me show you another verse here. Go to John chapter 10. Real familiar passage of Scripture, John 10, 1. So this is what the enemy's doing. He's wanting to get you to set up an idol in your heart so that you will cause your own stumbling block and your own ruin and defeat. He wants you to get offended. He wants you to get in fear. He wants you to get into whatever the temptation is that you're going to get into. John 10, 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So let me put it to you this way. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who sh- yells out from across the chasm. Are you with me? You see what he's saying here? The guy that doesn't come in by the door, he's climbing in the window. I mean, if you drive up to your house and you see somebody going into the window, you don't say, oh, I guess the serviceman's here right? Pretty good sign if somebody's climbing to your window, they should not be, you got a thief, right? So Jesus said, look, somebody coming to gather the sheep that's climbing up from another way, better watch him. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. There's a principle in the kingdom of God. God wants to work with you where he speaks to you, you hear his voice, and he leads you in the right direction. So don't get this mindset that only the enemy is speaking. Right? All through Proverbs says wisdom's crying out aloud, Wisdom's yelling in the streets. Wisdom's yelling from the housetop. Wisdom is yelling everywhere and talking to you. Don't get this idea that It's only the devil talking. But you know what happens? You know that old story, that old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the wool? What happens to us a lot of times, if we listen to the devil all the time, we get really attuned to his channel. We get really attuned to woe is me, self-pity, offense, whatever it be, inferiority. We get attuned to that. So we start hearing that coming to us all the time. But Jesus said, no, wait, a minute, I'm the shepherd, and you're the sheep, and why don't, why don't you get attuned to hearing my voice? You ever go to a restaurant, and, you know, there's a lot of people in the restaurant, and everybody's talking, and if you're like me, then you can't hear, you know, your wife across the deal, so you just keep nodding, yeah. <laughs> and hope that you're agreeing to everything that's good, because you can't hear. It's too much noise in there, Right? Well, I want to be to where the noise, I want this thing flipped. This is what I'm trying to show you all this morning. I want it flipped around to where the noise of Jesus is in my ears so much that I can maybe see the devil Malvin, but I can't understand what he's saying, and I'm not going to pay any attention. Right? Let's turn it around, folks. Let's hear the voice of the Jesus and get so attuned to it that we're like, what was that? Huh? Okay. He says to him, the doorkeeper opens the sheep, hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. So the real key here is you're never going to get the devil to shut up. You just got to get the voice of Jesus louder. That's the key. Get the voice of Jesus, the volume turned up, so that he just drowns out the devil. Okay? And then it says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. So we don't want to know the voice of the stranger. We don't want to know the voice of the devil. Okay? So you've got to ask yourself right now, which voice are you more attuned to? Which voice have you tuned into and are you tuned to? The voice of fear or the voice of faith? The voice of the truth or the voice of the lie? Which one are you more attuned to? All right? So now I want to show you something else. Go to John 16. So let me begin to show you what you're going to do to turn up the voice of Jesus. John 16, 12. By the way, the plan this week is John 16. That's the plan this week. John 16 is what we're on. Here's John 16, 12. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. Okay, so Jesus knew we were going to have this problem. As soon as he left, he said, man, I don't want to leave you as orphans. He said, I know if I just leave you all to yourselves down there, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to be back listening to talking snakes. Side note, there's a couple of stories in the Bible that really fascinate me. One is there was a talking snake and there was a talking donkey. And I'm just saying, I, I, the story of Balaam is one that is amazing because if you're riding a donkey and it starts talking and you're going to argue with it? <laughs> I mean, you have really gone over the edge, okay? And the same with Eve. The snake comes in and the snake's talking and she just, I mean, you'd have thought Adam would have said, snake, grabbed it by the back of its tail <laughs> or shot it. Had to have been guns in the garden. He'd have just shot it or something, you know. Anyway, he said the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. God said, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're going to get yourself in trouble again. So I want to give you the Holy Spirit. Now look what he's going to do. He says he's going to take what is Jesus's. He said, I'm going to take what's his, Jesus, and I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to take what's mine. He's going to take what's mine, and he's going to declare it to you, show it to you, help you understand how to walk in it. Your big brother went before you. Your big brother went to the cross. Your big brother defeated death, hell, and the grave. Your big brother sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and the Holy Spirit's going to come down here and tell you everything I won for you what I did for you, what I've defeated for you, what is yours, because he's going to take what's mine, he's going to show it to you, how to use it. So now the Holy Spirit's waiting every day to tell you what glorious things Jesus has for you. But I've had people over and over and over and over tell me, he said, you know, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, that's just kind of crazy, I don't, I don't hear God speak. Oh, wait a minute, do you know the voice of the devil? Well, I wouldn't say that. Well, let me ask you, can somebody say something to you and get you angry? Did a little voice pop up inside your head and say, ain't nobody talking to me like that? Have you ever had an offense and you're offended with somebody? Somebody said something, did something, whatever to you, and you're angry with them, and then you're driving down the road, then you see them, you go, that little voice you heard in your head? that said, there they are, it's, sorry, no good for nothing, and you started holding court and going through all the the, 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 the trial procedures and you had, you're building the gallows. That little voice that's speaking to you, that's not just your crazy side. That's the voice of the devil speaking to you. And like I said, sometimes it's a shock to people, but he sounds like you. <laughs> so turn it around. You can hear that voice. Woo, yeah, you can hear that voice. Well, the voice of Jesus is the same, except it's the good part that says, look, don't get angry. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. You just pray for your enemy. Oh, you just heard the voice of God. You say, well, I don't want to do that. I want to drag them behind my truck, Lord. Well, it doesn't make any difference. you got to get this down. That's what the Lord was saying to you. He said, "Well, I don't want to do good to my enemies." Okay, you see what you're doing. You're attuned to the voice of the enemy. You're looking back over the chasm, saying, "I think that's a better way to do it." I was just looking at um, Acts 13, I believe, this morning, where the Apostle Paul is runs across a sorcerer, Elimus, and 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 he's trying to stop him from preaching, and he turns and he says. You son of the devil. I'm like, little Paul here, flying off the handle. You son of the devil, you full of wickedness and all of all darkness will come upon you. And pfft, God went blind. I'm like, it's what I'm talking about, Lord. Come on now. This is what I'm talking about. Can we just do that a few times, Lord? So I guess there's room in the kingdom if you're following the Holy Ghost, but. You just generally going to hang somebody or drag them behind the truck is not going to be the voice of God. So it's not that you can't hear God, it's that you don't want to hear God because you want to do what you want to do. And you doing what you want to do is what causes you to stumble and keeps you out of walking in your relationship with God. And the devil knows this. He's got it. He's got it down. He's got it pat. He knows what your number is. So what he's got to do is prick you, poke you, turn you just the right way. Okay. So he says, he's going to, let me go back to this. He's going to declare what Jesus is to you. Now, folks, listen to me. I am positive that Jesus has a better way than you do. I don't care what you want to bring up. I don't care what plan you want to lay down. I don't care you got a big PowerPoint presentation. You can get me that you have got the better plan. I'm telling you, it won't work. Jesus has got the best plan. I don't like loving my enemies, but if he said do it, then I'm going to do it because I know that there is a way that it's going to work out. I may be the little kid that gripes and murmurs about washing his hands, but I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? If he says, this is what we're to do, I'm going to do it because I'm just know him and that he has a way to make the whole thing turn out that at the end we'll say, that was right, Lord, you were right. Okay? So you've got to determine, first thing you've got to do is you have to determine that Jesus has the right way. He's got the right way if you'll determine that in your heart. Jesus, this is called lordship. It's called lordship. There's a difference between salvation and lordship. Salvation is hell insurance. You may have got saved literally just because you don't want to go to hell. Wait, I didn't read the fine print, Lord. I got to do what now? Forgive my enemies? See, this is what happens to us. So we stop off for progress with God. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying something changed. Lordship is when you look inside and say, you know... This does not look like the best way to do it, but I, I trust you, Jesus. That's lordship. That's a whole different le- level. You went from salvation to lordship. Now you're saying, okay, I am your servant. What do you want me to do? It's like I've told you that story so many years ago. You know, I, I went through this and, and about the Lord dealing with me about lordship. And then one day I went off and I was actually somewhere and I was preaching and it was late, and I was coming home, and I stopped at a gas station. And, and this, was, this was back years ago. And uh, when I went to the gas station to, to put my credit card in it, the, the sign said on the pump uh, that you have to go in because it was after 10 o'clock or something like that. You have to go in. You couldn't use the credit card pump out there for some reason. You had to go in and put the credit card down to get fuel. I wanted fuel, and I was tired, and I was ready to go home. And I just saw that, and it infuriated me. And I was like, you bunch of stupid people, why can't you get your gas pump to work right? What in the, you know, and I was just murmuring, just, 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 just like, just like, oh, Yosemite Sam. I was just, and so I went in there and I was going to say something to the, to the little girl behind the counter and tell them how stupid the whole operation was and how ridiculous and they couldn't get anything better. And so I laid my credit card down and I said, I'm going to fill it up. And I went back outside, and the longer I stood out there, the madder I got. And I just couldn't just. just, I was fuming, and I was just like, "This is the most ridiculous place. I'd leave if I didn't already stopped here." So I got the fuel and I went in there, and I walked up to it, and I was just about to unleash on this girl the Christian thing I had thought to do. First of all, was say to her, "I'm very sorry. I know that you just work here. This is not your fault." But somebody's going to hear my complaint. I got my speech to that. (laughs) That was the Christian part of it, and then I was going to unleash. And I went up there to her. I was hot, red faced, and I said, Ma'am. And she said, Are you Robert Richards? <laughs> and at first I thought, How did she know that? And then I thought, Oh, she got my credit card. And I said, I said Yes, ma'am. She says, I listen to you on the radio all the time. I love your messages. You've been so good. God's mission to me. And I was like, Thank you, Jesus. I didn't say anything. <laughs> So now I've learned, you know, It's like I, before I pop off at this, Does anybody listen to the waterhole broadcast in here? No, OK. <laughs> no one knows who I am. All right. But the thing is is that you see, Jesus has got a better way. and you've got to have lordship to come down to it to say, "I'm going to be your servant. I'm going to do what you want me to do." So the very first step to getting into shutting the voice of the enemy up is you've got to come to this place of lordship, and you've got to say, I'm yours. I want to do what the Bible says. This is how I want to live. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, that is the greatest point. (laughs) The second thing you've got to do, okay? The second thing you've got to do is Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says... That the word of God is living. It's an alive word. Your Bible is not dead. It's alive. Your Bible is alive. Now, we've been hearing this for weeks going on. The Lord's just pounding this into us. You got to get that down into your. Your Bible is alive. Your Bible has the ability to speak. Everybody say, my Bible has the ability to speak. Ability to speak. Come on, say it again. Say, my Bible's alive. My Bible alive. Look at the person beside you and poke them and say, is your Bible alive? Okay, so we got the Gideons here this morning. They're going to take a Bible. They're going to go take a Bible. It's a book. It looks like a book, right? It's got book, got words in it, got pages, ink on paper, and they put the word in there and they go lay it down inside. Don't do anything with it. In a hotel, let's just say, and it's just sitting there and it's like, like it's sitting there and it's silent and then a person comes into the open of the word. person opens up that Bible, because it's a living word, according to Hebrews 4.12. you got to get this down your head. It's a living word. It's not just a dead word. It's not just paper on there. I believe it's Ezekiel 15. Craziest story you'll ever read. It's about if a woman's committed adultery, and her husband thinks she has, but she's got nobody to witness against her. That she goes, to her husband takes her before the priest. The priest gets a bottle of water, he gets this woman for him, said so this water is going to become the bottle, the bottle of water of, of the curse of bitterness. You're going to drink this water. And and, and, and and if you drink this water and you did do this and you're lying, then your belly is going to become bitter and your, your, your thighs are going to rot. That's what it says. Go read it. It's a crazy story. So if the woman stood on this, she said, no, 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 I didn't commit adultery. This is where so said, the priest said, okay, we're going to make an oath here. I'm going to write it down. He wrote it down on a piece of paper. They scratched off then the ink off the paper into the bottle of water. And then the woman drank the bottle of water. And if she was lying, her belly would turn bitter, swell up, and her thighs would rot. If it didn't, then she was free. And I read that, and the Holy Spirit said to me, "You see what they did? They raked off my word, and she was self-condemned. Didn't have anything to do with the water. Didn't have anything to do with the ink that went in there. It all had to do with her own heart, what was going on, that she made an oath before God, and she got convicted herself. The point is, it's a living word. It has the ability to come into your life and to change you. But I hate to say it doesn't do any good to sleep on your Bible. It doesn't do any good to buy the Scripture sheets unless you read them at night. Because sleeping on top of the Word is not going to get it in you. I one time I had a person tell me that just put your sleep on your Bible and, the, and you'll absorb the Word. And I said, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in my entire life. You've got to read it, sir. That's this superstition. You've got to read it. You've got to open up the thing and listen to it and read it. Okay, it's why we're doing the plan. That's why we're reading the plan every week and believe in God for the Holy Spirit to speak to us through that plan. We're doing it. We're honoring God's Word and His Word's changing our lives. Amen? The second thing you got to do. Now, according to uh, Joshua one eight, I'll read it to you. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I like prosperity and good success. How about you? He said, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to meditate on the word. Now, what does that mean? I don't know, but there's a big surge back again in yoga right now. There's yoga this, yoga that. The one I like uh, that I saw the other day that I started laughing at, I said, I'm going to have to go join this place. It's called rage yoga, where you do yoga positions while cursing, and at the end of it, you drink beer. I said, those places are going to fill up, man. You go in there and stretch out ah, ah, and cuss everything you want to and then drink beer at the end of it. I mean, t- tell me, that ain't going to be something that's going to be a hit. <laughs> Rage yoga. It's a really a thing. It's better than goat yoga. I don't know why anybody want to do yoga with a goat on your back. But anyway, anyway. Years ago, you know, the 70s, early 80s, yoga was a big deal, but it was really more of an Eastern meditation type thing. Nowadays, yoga is a lot more just stretching and different things like that, and it's not as much of the meditation. But in the practice, they talk about meditation all the time. But listen to me. God was talking about meditating long before anybody else came up with yoga. And the meditating he's talking about doing is simply this. Listen to me. I want to tell you what to do. I want to teach y'all how to meditate this morning. Y'all ready? Thinking, handle it. I wanna teach you how to meditate this morning. Everybody say, oh God, Pastor talking about meditation. This is the devil here. Chill out for a second. I want to teach you how to meditate this morning. This is how you meditate this morning. You simply sit down and shut up. All right? I wanna put it in the South Texas paraphrase of what meditation means. Shut up. Quit talking in your head, quit the yakking going on inside your head. Quit going back and forth and yakking and holding court and doing all these things. Shut up. And try to still yourself before God's presence. That's it. We say, well, I can do that. Let's see how long you can do it. I don't care if you sit down and cross your legs. I don't care if you're sitting at your table with a cup of coffee in your hand. I don't care if you want to stand on your head. It's not about what position you're in. It's about, can you shut up and still yourself before the presence of your heavenly Father and say, I'm just here to worship you. I just want to speak to you. My attention and my focus is on you. God, I love you. I worship you. I want to hear your voice. And then shut up. And then say, you mean everything to me. You've bailed me out so many times. You are the everything of my life, and then shut up. Without thoughts running through your head. I saw them the other day, they looked at me, and I don't know what they were thinking about. I don't think they were. Who do they think they are? And they're not any better than I am. That stupid husband you gave me, Lord, he ain't going to do anything. He can't even pick his socks up out of the clothes, and what are you going to do? Now, you shut all of that up. If you want to learn how to meditate, the Robert Richards style, 101, Robert Richards, 101 Meditation. Shut up. Teach yourself to shut up. How am I going to pay that bill? I don't know if I'm going to pay that bill. I to All that stuff. Shut it up. You say, well, I can't turn it off. You can. You just don't know how. And you have to do it by the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost. And you have to sit down and you have to shut up. The longer you sit there and the longer you can keep yourself quiet and worshiping God, the more he's going to speak to you and the more empowered you're going to become because you are stilling yourself in the presence of Almighty God. If you want to call it whatever you want to call it, call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't make any difference to me. It ain't going to do you no good to hum or to hum or do anything like that. It ain't going to get you nowhere. What's going to get you somewhere is you stilling your mind and worshiping your God. Simple enough? Practice it. Try to see how long you can go to get your mind to shut up that then you don't think about, oh, this is refreshing, Lord. I need to go now and go make a phone call. See, some people can't even shut up in prayer. See, the problem is you may say, well, listen, I'm a prayer warrior. I just pray. Well, listen, do you ever listen? Part of praying is listening. Not your ability to talk for an hour. Some of you, that's no problem. I mean, to talk for an hour would be easy to you. To shut up for three minutes would be hard. And I'm just saying, don't think you're a great prayer warrior just because you can pray for an hour nonstop without saying anything. I would rather have a prayer warrior that could stop and listen to God for five minutes. The third one, John 8, 31, or the fourth one, actually. Is John 8:31 Jesus said to the Jews those who believe he said, if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the key is there's the word no All right is the word no know. you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free All right the third uh, fourth thing is is once you're set and you're meditating then the, the next step is to have a revelation of the truth which may come to you in this form you need to stop doing. That is not productive. Do this. Go there. Say this. Okay, so let me, let me help you with this. So because you're just starting out with the Lord in your meditation time, you your revelations may be short, like a mother speaking to her child, love you. You may not have the very first time the deep theological discussion of God of how did he create the universe and what is the quantum physics of whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. This sounded good. <laughs> Are y'all with me? It may be, I love you. You're special. Keep going. You're doing right. Maybe forgive, love, pray. That may be what you're hearing in your meditation time, which is the voice of God trickling through you, just like baby talk to a child. But there has to be revelation. There has to be a coming of you to knowing the truth. How are you going to know the truth? Well, you got to start back. Remember the word, lordship, the word. you got to get the living word in you. It all works together. And then that takes us to the fourth thing or fifth thing. I keep, see, I added one in my notes before I got into this message, so I say four, it's five. And the last one is simply this, Acts 3.19. It says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That word converted means to turn around or to come back to turn around or to come back. That's what it means. But he says here the very first word, repent. But look what it does. Look what happens. The repentance brings the turning around. Do you see that? The repentance brings the conversion. So it's when you in your life, you stop and you, now he's spoken to you, and you say, forgive, then you repent, Lord, I'm sorry, I haven't forgiven. I haven't walked in love. Boom, you got converted. As soon as there's repentance, immediately comes conversion. As soon as there's repentance, immediately there's victory. It all flows hand in hand. Having to repent is nothing to be shameful of. You're smart when you do. I repent all the time. I'm constantly repentant. I'm always doing something that's not right. I'm just like, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. Sorry this, Lord. Lord, I, I repent. I can't believe that happened. Sorry I did that. Sorry I thought that. I repent. I don't want to do it. Why? Because it goes back to Lordship. I want to do what's right, and I don't always do what's right. So repentance immediately brings conversion. So here's the steps this is what you're going to do. You're going to go make Jesus the Lord of your life. All right? He's got to be Lord. You're going to realize that it's the living word. The living word is what you've got to have on the inside of you. Okay? you got the living word down on the inside of you. The living word is going to go in there. And you're going to start meditating. Meditating on the word. Stopping and shutting up so you can hear the voice of God. Practice controlling your thoughts and shutting them up. Then it's going to take you into then in those times when you're sitting there quiet before the Lord, you're going to have a revelation. That you're going to get the truth on the inside of you, and the truth is going to set you free. And then the last thing that there's going to happen is that then you're going to repent for whatever he's spoken to you about in Revelation. And conversion's coming, and you're going to have victory. That's how you're going to shut the voice of the enemy up. Now, I just preached a great message to you, life-changing, unbelievable, powerful like it's never been seen before. But if you don't do anything with it, it falls dead to the ground as soon as you walk out that door. If you go home and say, well, I just had more fun sitting here watching television, okay? That's your revelation. And you get real attuned to the voice of the enemy hollering at you from over the side of the hill, then just listen to him. Just have a conversation with him. You want to live in misery? Just don't stay around me much. All right? But if you want to walk in victory, I just gave you some meat here to take home and chew, but you've got to do something with it. Now, i got to tell you all this. Y'all are going to laugh? I don't care. Makes me no difference. My wife was doing yoga, and I was watching her one day, and I said, I wonder if I could do that. See, so you laugh. <laughs> so I was watching it, and I thought, ah, yeah, it ain't that hard. And then I tried. And there's this one, one pose called, like it's, it's dolphin pose or Superman where you're laying on your stomach and then you lift up your legs and your arms and your chest all at the same time, you're like Superman on the floor. And they were doing it and I laid down the floor and I was trying to find a muscle (laughs) that would move. I mean, how many people would just normally do something like this? And so as I lay there on the floor, I'm laying there with my arms back, I'm laying flat on the floor, I'm like, I started laughing until Laura said, "I don't know what muscle. I don't know what to even, even activate to try to stretch up. I, it's not. I, I'm just laying here like a dead fish. I'm no dolphin. I'm a dead fish. I can't, I can't move." And she's like, "No, you gotta, you know, tweak. You know, t- tight, tighten this and do this." And I'm like, "I said I can't do it. It just, I'm not moving. This is sad." That was about a year ago. <laughs> it's about a year ago. But you know, it really made me mad. And so I kept at it. And I kept at it. And I kept at it. I can do dolphin pretty good now. <laughs> now, what I'm saying to you is, I gave an embarrassing story for this reason. You may not be able to get your mind to shut up. You may not even know what muscle to tweak. Okay? You may only get three seconds of quiet, but you started. Folks, be the kind of people that are tenacious enough to keep doing it until you can do it, whether it is the simplest little thrust up, and then that's it you got. And you keep doing it and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it and you keep doing it, keep doing it till one day, you know, you got it down. Man, you were flowing in the things of God because you started and you developed it. Be tenacious. Stay with it. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, you better stick with it. So stand to your feet. Let me have my prayer team come down this morning. If you're here this morning, you're in the building, and you're sick, or you just want to pray about anything, we have a prayer team this morning that's going to be up here. Come up here and pray with them. I'm believing God for miracles, signs, and wonders all the time. These people are prayed up. They've come here this morning with their hearts open, ready to just pray for you. Whatever it is, I don't care. It doesn't have to do with this message or whatever. Whatever it is, we're here to pray for you. If you're out there listening or watching this broadcast today, listen to me. Wherever you are, right there, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never made Him the Lord of your life, well, then right there, if you would just Stop, and you would just say, Jesus, come into my life. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and wash me and cleanse me with your blood. He will. He will set you free, and you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're in this building today and you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, you're not sure if you're right with God, that's why we have a prayer team. We're up here to pray with you. Don't leave this building. Don't walk out those doors if you're not sure of your salvation. Come up here and pray with one of these people, and they will, they, will, they will tell you everything you need to know about life. Now, listen to me. Will you go try to do what I said this morning? Give me a wave of hands if you at least go try, okay? I want to be a little bit encouraged today. Okay, we're headed off to Guatemala for the church dedication this next week. And uh, I forgot all about those pictures. Do you have them? And so so just look at this for just a second. There we, they've got the speakers, a couple of the speakers there hung. Um, getting the the building, the inside all cleaned up is what they're they're getting done, getting the rest of the speakers in there. The, we're doing all the sidewalks on the outside. We're doing a big, big hurry, hurry, rush, rush to hurry up and get down there Thursday at noon to dedicate this uh, church building. There they've got the stage built. And so we'll be going down there. We're leaving early in the morning and uh, headed down, and then we're going to have the church dedication and, and, and sanctify it and pray over it and anoint it on Thursday at noon. So y'all be praying. I will come back with some pictures. I'll come back with everything that went on and what, what took place, but uh, just be praying for us to make a, our flights down there. we got a really early one in the morning, and so uh, just pray for me to have patience and be godly. Whenever you wonder what to pray about, Pastor, pray that for me all the time. Just pray that. And uh, so anyway, we're going to be down there, so pray for us this week. But take that person's hand beside you, and I want to pray over you. Remember the Gideons are at the back doors. They got the open Bible there. You can give them uh, an offering this morning. But Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that this word is in the hearts of the people. Lord, that we are going to grab hold of this word. This word right now is a word that sets people free. I declare, Lord God, that in their times of trying their meditations and starting out, Lord God, that you will speak to them. You will talk to them. They will hear you so clearly. They will hear your voice so clearly. And a revelation come on the inside of them that changes their life. So, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for it. I thank you for blessing them this morning exceedingly, abundantly, beyond they could ever even thank or ask. Lord, that your hand is upon us, for today we commit ourselves to you as the King and the Lord of our lives, and we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.